The Utah Utes are set to take on the San Diego State Aztecs this Saturday at Rice-Eccles Stadium. But who on Utah is in for a big night? We're talking about it on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms. My name is JT Wistersill, former student intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. On today's show, we're going to be going over which Utes are in for a big game on the offensive and defensive side of the ball as they're set to take on San Diego State, a team that beat them a year ago. And in order to help us do that, we're going to bring on a friend of the show, Cole Bagley. And Cole, just jumping into it first, looking at Utah's, Utah's offense versus San Diego State's defense, I really think Cam Rising's in for a big game. Personally, I think it's very been a very up-and-down season so far for Cam through two games. You look at the Florida game, there were still a lot of good things, but whether it be the receivers or Cam himself, there were still some miscommunications. Guys weren't on the same page. Inaccurate throws, of course, the interception to end the game. for Despite how good of a job he did to lead the team down the field in the final two minutes of that drive, at the end, he still didn't make the – he made the play that ended up costing them the game. And then you look at it as well versus Southern Utah. And there were still, especially early on, a couple missed throws by him, a couple inaccurate reads. So even though the second quarter, outstanding for the most part, the first quarter especially just wasn't the start you wanted. And a lot of that did fall on Cam to me. So I think this is the game he's going to come in. I think he's going to have four touchdown passes in this one. I think we'll see Dalton and Brant get a couple. Might see Devon finally get in the end zone. I don't see this being the game the receivers break out, but I do feel like Cam Rising's best game of the season so far will come against the team that kind of launched the legend that has become Bad Moon Rising in, back in 2021. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, when you when you look at what kind of both teams have done going into this matchup, um, San Diego State cannot stop the passing game whatsoever. Um, you know, they, they played Arizona in their first game. I think they allowed a little over 300 yards passing. Um, they played – and they lost in that game. I think it was 38-20. Um, as for this last week, you know, they, they played an inferior opponent in Idaho State, but they still almost allowed 300 yards. Only one touchdown, but almost 300 yards against an Idaho State offense. So, yeah, I mean, this this game should have Cam written all over it. I mean, I'd be, I, I'm, I agree with you. I think he's going to go for 400 yards um, on Saturday, just given the fact that San Diego State's, you know, secondary – is, is not good. Um, you've obviously got the tight ends of Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid that uh, have both had, you know, one really good game each, um, you know, against Florida. It was, it was all about Brant and against uh, SU. It was all about Dalton. And that was only a one half, right? I mean, Dalton had 107 yards at that. I had to do a double take. I mean, I remember getting into halftime and, and I'm writing a story and I, and I look at the, you know, occasionally the stats are wrong. And I'm just like, really? Dalton has 107 yards. And I asked a couple of people around me and they're like, yeah, that, pretty sure he does and and as a matter of fact he did i think he had six receptions 107 yards and so yeah i mean the the tight ends are gonna have one of them or maybe even both are gonna are gonna have a day um i would expect at least one of them to probably go for another 100 yards maybe another one goes for you know 50 plus i really hope that this is the game that the receivers break out to be honest i just think like this is the perfect opportunity this is a decent opponent um, that has a really bad secondary, and it's there's no reason not to use the receivers. There's no reason to not show them some love. 
yeah, you, you, you know, whoever's open, you want, you want to pass in the ball. And if that's a tight end, by all means, pass it to him, you know, don't force it somewhere that's, that's not going to end up and result in, in positive yardage, but by all means, use the wide receivers. They're, they are begging to be used. They're putting in the work. They deserve to be utilized. And this is the perfect game to do it. You're going in against a decent, um, you know, Mountain West conference opponent. Um, but at the same time, like you should win this game pretty handily. And why not take this as an opportunity before you go into pac play to, to give your receivers some confidence, to, to, to let them know, Hey, you guys are still, you know, a, a valued group on this team. You know, we're not just going to use the tight ends every single game. Obviously they're going to be the focal point. That's something that Kyle Whittingham has said. And it does make sense. They're just, they're really hard to defend. They're really talented. You can count and rely on them, but the wide receivers need some love. And I'm really hoping that this week you utilize them. Why not? You know, San Diego state has a terrible, terrible secondary and cannot stop the passing game. Why not spread the love and, uh, you know, make your offense a little more versatile. Yeah, so Jaden Delora, Arizona's quarterback, went for 299 yards, four touchdowns versus San Diego State. You had three receivers go over 50 yards, actually, and Jacob Cohen for the Wildcats at 152. So this is a perfect game for Utah's receivers to go off. And look, I'm not gonna, we're not gonna waste any time on the run game. Utah's going to be able to run the ball. They've run, they've run the ball against better opponents, that being Florida. They're gonna have success. Tavion's gonna have a good game, and we'll see who else. It'll be interesting to see who gets the carries, as that's been a big thing so far in the season. But either way, expect the ground game to get going. But you're talking about the biggest thing with this Utah offense so far. It has been the receivers. We were sold on this offense being more explosive. And, you know, the first game they kind of talked about, well, like, well, the looks Florida gave us just didn't really allow it. And in some ways that's true, I feel like. But at other times as well, I just, I still just don't know how much this offense wants to and likes to take those deep shots. We saw it a little bit more the previous week. But it has been kind of interesting to see the wide receivers' lack of involvement. We heard Devon Bailey was – Cam Saver target coming into this year, and it's still clearly been Brant Keithy and Dalton Kincaid. I thought he, especially last week, looked like Cam really felt comfortable with Dalton, and the week before that, obviously, it was Keithy. So it is interesting to see if they do break out this week, but when it comes to like why it's been a slow breakout to me, to me, it's a little bit of both. I do think at times the wide receivers have struggled to create separation. Coaches have talked about those guys demanding the ball as well, but as I mentioned, I, I do think there's been some struggles on camps, camps part too. When guys do break open, whether it's just inaccuracy or just he's making the wrong reads and not seeing those guys, I really feel like it falls on those those guys, Keithley, that being Cam and then the receivers themselves. They're both at fault for why it's been a slow start to the season for that connection. Yeah, and I, I've also heard a couple of things that they've had the game plans to utilize the wide receivers but then they're not executing during the game. And if you look back at SUU, first of all, Solomon Enos didn't have a single target. That's ridiculous. Second, I believe there were one or two passes in the direction of Devon Bailey that were just not catchable. One of them sailed over his head and another one was, you know, down towards his feet. Yeah. I just, it's weird to me. Like the passes to the tight ends are very intentional and they're right on, right on the spot with the wide receivers. They're either not getting targeted or when they are, I don't feel like they're great passes. There was even a pass or two in the Florida game uh, to a wide receiver where I was like, why are you, what are you doing with that? Why are you, why are you missing, you know, this, this receiver that, that's so clearly open and, you know, kind of going back to, uh, I just think like, I think it's a perfect storm. I think that, you know, the tight ends are just reliable, very talented. They're going to go high off, you know, be two of the highest, tight ends taken off the board in, in next year's NFL draft. They're proven. Mm-hmm. 
they had great years last year. And I think they're kind of Cam's comfort zone. He knows that he can rely on them. Whereas the wide receivers, we had a pretty significant overhaul. You know, we lost, they lost Britton Covey. Um, you know, you had a guy like Daryl Howard that was pretty reliable, you know, really experienced. Devon Bailey broke out last season. Uh, Solomon has somewhat struggled last year. And so I think, I think it's just this perfect storm of tight ends are reliable. They're open. You're going to hit him. Wide receivers are kind of still, I think, proving themselves. They prove themselves in the offseason, but it's one thing to prove yourself in the offseason and prove yourself in season. I just hope you give, they're given the opportunity because I, I, I do think guys like Devon Bailey and Salminas and, and Money Parks can be solid contributors, especially Devon Bailey. I just think given his his abilities, his catch radius, his athleticism, he needs to be utilized more. And, and, and it helps all around. Like Again, like I said earlier, if a tight end is open, pass the tight end the ball. You know, you ha- you're going to use your strengths to your advantage each and every game. But like we saw against Florida, when you're in a situation where you really need to score, you really need to first down, you really need a touchdown like they did on that last drive. Why are you forcing it to the tight ends? That- that's my biggest issue here is not, oh, let's just pass it around to give everybody some love. It's why not be more versatile? Why not diversify this offense? Because I've looked at that tape probably 10 or 15 times it was never ever going to go to a wide receiver ever Devon Bailey was a decoy Solomon Enos I think was somewhat of a decoy but it's like they he never even looked in their direction even even when they lined up in that in that set there was five defenders on that side you had trips left you had a receiver and two tight ends there were five Florida defenders waiting to defend that side of the ball and it worked they they baited camp that's that's just the issue here is it's like you don't need to necessarily make everybody feel good, but you need to be diverse and be willing to utilize your offensive we- every single offensive weapon that you have. That that's that's my biggest thing. Yeah, it's, that's what being a complete offense is is taking advantage of the sum of its parts, and that's something Utah has not done to this point. They're close to doing it. Tight ends, running backs, very productive. Just got to include those receivers, and it's a great opportunity for Utah to do so on Saturday. We're going to shift over and look at the Utah defense in a second, but first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Guys, how great was last weekend? Had college football on Saturday, NFL on Sunday. Just felt right to be sitting back on the couch watching all the great action play out make sure you guys head over to bet online to get into that action for all the latest football league developments game matchups news podcasts and of course betting bet online has you covered even as things for live betting esports scores mlb of course underway mma boxing golf pretty much if it's a sport and you guys want to bet on it bet online has you covered make sure you guys head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action Bet online where the game starts. And sticking with bet online as well, Cole, the line for this game is um, San Diego State at Utah minus 21. And personally, I feel really good about Utah for that line. Yeah, I'd have to agree. I mean, if Arizona can beat them by 18, mm-hmm. there's no reason that Utah can't win by three to four possessions. You know, I, I'm really hoping we some we see something like 45-21, you know, or 45-17, like – Utah should take care of business. If this Utah team is who we think they are, this should be a fairly easy, easy game. And that's that's but that's what we thought last season. We yep. you know, going in Utah San Diego State, that's what I thought was gonna happen last year, and it just didn't. However, it's vastly different. You do have rising for a full game now instead of just, you know, the fourth quarter. But we'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean that it, 
I'm thinking a three three possessions minimum is is my expectation. Yeah, and as we mentioned a little bit, like we didn't really touch on the run game because we know Utah's going to be able to run the ball. So this team has a clear identity, running the ball, then get Cam going off play action. Are they maybe going to try to force a few to the receivers to try to get that connection working? Possibly, but at the end of the day, like, man, I just think there's too much talent. And if that Arizona defense can hold the San Diego State offense in check, I expect the Utes to be able to do so. The thing I am intrigued by this matchup when it comes to Utah's defense versus San Diego State's offense is the running game because this is a San Diego State team that – has traditionally been a more running team and where the success has come has been more on the ground this season. And I think it's a nice step up for Utah with obviously Southern Utah didn't have the personnel to be able to test this Utah run defense after they got honestly just smoked versus Florida. Florida got whatever they wanted on them, especially on the ground. I mean, through the air a little bit as well, but just so many of those big runs for first downs were hard to watch. So this is a nice step step up from Southern Utah to see if they can continue to progress. So I'm excited to see if guys like Junior Tafuna, I thought was outstanding on Saturday. Van Fillinger, if he can bring some of that pressure off the edge, and especially in the run game, I'm very interested to see how guys like Lander Barton, Karene Reed, and Mo Diabate go out there and tackle because we know they struggled with that versus Florida. It was a nice bounce back game versus Southern Utah, but once again, just that step up. So I'm excited to see what the front seven is going to do here. Yeah. Um, San Diego State's offense goes through the ground. That's it. Um, I think they had 380 yards against um, Idaho State last week. A yeah. um, little over 200 or maybe just under 200 against Arizona. I know that – sorry, so 380 yeah. against Idaho State. I think it was 170. Yeah, so, you know, a, a decent amount of yards um, in both both areas. So, I think if Utah can hold San Diego State to around 200 or less on the ground, this really shouldn't be much of a contest. And, yeah, I agree with you. It'll be interesting to see how, how guys like Lander Barton respond, Corinne Reed. Um, I know Diabate left the game on Saturday with an injury. There, ha- there hasn't been an update, so I- I'm not confirming or denying if he's going to play. Um, we'll see. Hopefully he does, but even if he doesn't, that linebacker group is really deep. I hope to see – and regardless if he does play or not, I hope to see uh, Justin Medlock – uh, get get a few reps and maybe some of the maybe some of the deeper guys. I'm sure we'll see, you know, maybe a few reps with uh, Andrew Mataafa, Hayden Fury. Um, but I really hope to see Justin Medlock um, this coming week. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. But yes, the defensively, it's going to come down to how good is Utah's run defense actually? Because you can say, oh yeah, it was much better last week, but it didn't. It wasn't really like they had to try to be that much better last week. Mm-hmm. Um, this week. They are going, you know, that that will be, I think, really the only challenge um, is stopping the run game. 100%. And you mentioned, too, like, guys, like, I am excited to see Andrew Mataafa, Hayden Fury, and hopefully Medlock does get a little bit of run because this linebacker group has a lot of talent. They just don't have all that experience, unfortunately. That's been kind of a negative thing for this team. One of the other things as well when talking about this Utah team is the secondary has been outstanding so far this year. I do think, look, they gave a couple yards to Florida, but still held Richardson under 200 yards passing. And then going off that too, you look at how they were versus Southern Utah. There was nothing to be had there versus the air and Brack 
um, Burmeister, the quarterback for San Diego State. He's the guy who comes over from Virginia Tech. So this was a team that was expected to have a little bit more success through the air. But like you mentioned, they, they've stayed on the ground. And I don't expect them to test this Utah group because we saw last week R.J. Hubert took one to the house. I do think Utah – I honestly think Utah is going to get two interceptions this, in this game. They won't be able to establish the run for me, so that will force them to press on third downs, especially as they'll be trailing. And I think because of that, we're going to see this Utah team capitalize on a couple of interceptions. Yeah, I mean, I, I think – you're going to see, you know, later in the game, some, yeah, some situations where San Diego State's like, well, let's just, you know, let's try a pass or two, and it's just not going to go well. Um, some people have said, oh, the, you know, the secondary hasn't really done anything. It's like, well, they haven't really had the opportunity to do it. You know, Florida didn't really test the secondary. SEU didn't even think twice about testing the secondary. So they're they're doing their jobs by simply just just their presence. You know, yeah. I I. I really don't think anybody's going to significantly try to attack um, Utah through the air until we get to like USC um, mm -hmm. and, and, and Oregon. I think those are the teams that, you know, Caleb Williams, Bo Nix, those are the teams that I think are going, are, they're more, they're stronger in the pass game. So that's, that's who's going to really test. But I, I think through the majority of the season, Utah secondary is just going to, going to stand back there and, be present and and do their job and and no one's going to really test it. So this this Utah defense, this Utah run defense, line, you know the linemen, the linebackers, they're going to have their hands full. I think most weeks, just because nobody wants to throw it back there. You got Clark Phillips, JT Broughton, Cole Bishop, RJ Hubert, who's having an awesome comeback season. Like, yes. there's no point to try and attack Utah mm -hmm. through the air. No, 100%. It's been Clark Phillips said going into the year. He thinks we have the best sec thinks this group is the best secondary in the Pac-12. They've looked like it through their first few games, honestly, and it's another fun opportunity for them here, especially to add to that interception total on the year. But Cole, before we move into our final topic, I want to get your prediction for this game. So for me, I think this is going to be a strong performance for Utah. You kind of threw out some of those numbers earlier. I think Utah is going to get a win 44 to 13. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with 45-17. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think, I think, uh, you know, San Diego state will, will you know, um, push their way into the end zone a few times and then, you know, have to settle for a field goal. But I think Utah is just going to, I think they're going to score on, you know, a vast majority of their drives. Uh, at least that, that's what the expectation should be. Yeah. I think that should be the expectation. We expect this team to move the ball cam rising to have a complete game and the defense to really sure up. And once again, I would love to see another performance by this Utah run defense where they help, where they hold the Aztecs under 100 yards rushing and it'll be fun to see if they're capable of doing that one of the other things that's going to be fun to see with this utah team is just how the rest of the season looks going forward because cole one of the things that's really interesting to me about this utah schedule going forward is ever since the florida game and look the florida game very well could be the toughest game this team is this team plays all season but if you look after the florida game i talked about this a little bit yesterday but you go from Southern Utah to San Diego State to Arizona State to Oregon State to UCLA to USC. I really think that's a steady climb, and that's not even including the game after that is Washington State, who just had a monumental upset versus Wisconsin going into Camp Randall and getting that monster win. So I really like the way that Utah's schedule is set up for them going forward, and I really feel like it's a great opportunity for this team. to. They had the, the loss that motivated them after Florida, and you can tell talking to the guys. I, I'm curious to see if you felt the same thing, but at least the players I talked to this week still found sounded like a little bit of that chip on the shoulder is there because they feel like that that was a game they 
should have won versus Florida and they know they didn't. So it's not one of those things like they feel like they need the validation for people to rank them inside the top 10. They just know that they belong amongst the best teams and they're not viewed like that right now. So they want to go out there and earn their respect. And based on that schedule with the opponents getting steadily better each week, I think they have a great opportunity to do so going forward. Yeah, I mean, you obviously hope to win every single game that you're involved in, but that's tough. You know, undefeated seasons are, are few and far between. And, um, you know, when you look back at last season, those losses, while you wish they were wins, really helped motivate Utah to to, to win the pack. Um, you know, they, they knew that they were better and they used them as motivation. And I really think that, that like you said, I would agree, Utah is using that loss against Florida as motivation. Um, I've had several conversations with guys that have said that very thing. I had a conversation with uh, Gabe Reed uh, the other day, um, and I just asked him. I said, "What what did you guys learn from Florida?" You know, I, I didn't I didn't say you know, oh you know how tough was the loss, and like I just said, "What did you learn from that game?" And you know, unprompted, he said, "The feeling that we had after the Florida game was a wake up call." You know, he said, "We we have such a great team, so many weapons, but if we don't perform to the best of our abilities, we're not going to have the season that we want." And sometimes. I mean, if you're going to lose, at least learn from it, right? I mean, there's teams that lose and they don't really learn the things that they need to. But I think what what's really great about Utah, and they've demonstrated this, especially with the leadership that they have now, they will they will learn from any game that they lose. I don't think it's going to be very many. I see this Utah team maybe, maybe losing one more game um, through the remainder of the year. I think USC is going to be a great test. Washington State is kind of a trap game. They're looking really good this year. Um, you know, UCLA is going to be tough. But like you were saying, the schedule is is really, really great because obviously you came out and you kind of had a, you had a really strong test up front. You wish you would have won that game, but at least you recognize we should have won that game and this is how good we are and this is what we need to do to win games moving forward. Then you build. You build on SUU, absolutely horrible team, and you're able to fix a few things and get some confidence in some other guys. San Diego State, kind of a step up from, from SUU. Another opportunity – you know, let's get these receivers in, in, you know, involved. Let's get confidence. Let's have confidence at all-time high right before we go into Pac-12 play. You start off with somewhat – I don't think Arizona State's bad. I think they could surprise the Utes, but middle of, middle of the pack team there with Arizona State. And you just – you continue to build and build. You go from, you know, really, really good team to two not-so-great teams to medium, mediocre teams, and you just build as the season goes on. And that's just going to help. You're going to build every single week. And if you're getting those victories, it's just going to help you so that when you get to the end of the season and you're hoping to repeat as Pac-12 champions, you have built every single game and gotten better every single game. And if this team does not lose another game, now obviously there's still variables that happen in other conferences. This team is still liable to get into the college football playoff. I think that's what a lot of people had them written off after the Florida game. But that's the advantage of losing early in the season is over the course of a season, you're a vastly different team from week one till the five, till week 12 or conference champion week. So if you look at a team like, and they lose in conference champion week, you're like, oh, we know that's who it is. Versus you look at this Utah team, you're like, well, look at how many missed tackles they had. Look at, they still didn't know a couple who was their guys at certain positions. Like it's a vastly different team you're putting in the playoffs. So I think if this Utah team does go out there and take care of business, they could still very much do so. Now they will need some help. Obviously there's a couple of teams I have to lose still, but this team is still really set up for success, even in the postseason. Yeah, and I, I, I like the build because it gives you an opportunity to test your depth because it's inevitable. You're going to have to call on somebody at some position at some point in the season. And the Jews looked outstanding last week. Yeah, I, I wrote about it in, in an article. I said, you know, 
Utah put in their two, their twos, and the slaughter just continued. There exactly. was no drop off. They just continued to to just absolutely annihilate SU. Now it is SU, but I'm hoping that this week, I'm hoping to see maybe a series or two from from those two towards the end of this game. I really hope that Utah puts themselves in a position to continue to do that. To all right, let's let's get let's get Jalen Glover back out here, you know, in another series. Let's get Bryson Barnes back out here. Let's get you know some of the young defenders. Let's get Justin Medlock. Let's get Chase Kennedy, Sonny Vikings. Let's get give me yeah. Let's get that that secondary offensive line because at some point somebody's going to go down, and secondary guys are what really helped fuel this Utah team through the end of last season, especially in the secondary. Um, obviously, it kind of all fell apart. Uh, against Ohio State, I mean, you lost, you lost even more guys. Yeah, injuries are just terrible. I mean, you lost Fabian Marks and Zamaya Vaughn. Your your two, you know, your two deep guys uh, late in the season, and that just that just put you in a bad spot. But no, it's it's awesome. This schedule is is perfect to help Utah get to where they want to be. And I I would way rather lose in week one to Florida than lose week eight or week nine or, you know, for heaven's sakes, week, you know, week 10 or 11 against Oregon or whenever they play, I would way rather lose in week one. Cause then you know what you need to do when you lose late. We've seen that in 2019, Utah lost late in the season. They lost in, in, you know, in that Pac-12 championship game and it, it busted it. It was over. You know, if they would have won that Pac-12 championship game, they'd make the college football playoff that year. Mm-hmm. Instead they lose late and they drop. What do they play? The Alamo bowl. And they yeah, started. everyone just you know we just we don't talk about that. It's like we don't talk about <laughs> we don't talk about the album. Well, that's what that is. <laughs> but I'm just yeah, this no, the schedule is awesome. It just sets them up to to work and to build every week and to you know they're just every week they're going to face an opponent that's a little bit better, um, and a little bit more dynamic, and that's just going to help you moving forward. It is. It sets this team up for success moving forward. It's a great opportunity. And you mentioned it as well. Like, yes, it was Southern Utah, even when the number two, the twos and threes got in. But what are you supposed to do against them? You're supposed to dominate. And that's exactly what they did. So you can only take it as an encouraging step for this team. And hopefully those guys get more opportunities on Saturday. But Cole, what are some of the things you're working on right now with Fan Nation All Youths? Yeah, we're uh, just continuing to to provide coverage, um, you know, each and every day we're up there, media availability twice a week. Um, we're up there in the press box on Saturdays. Um, in addition to, um, you know, putting out, we put out a podcast with Jalen Glover this week about what it was like uh, for him to, to, to get on the field for the first time and, and to score his first Utah touchdown. That was, that was just a lot of fun to sit back and to listen to that. So if, if anybody's interested in, in uh, hearing directly from Jalen, him describe the whole experience, not only beforehand, what it was like to go to Florida, and then as well getting on the field, finding the end zone not once but twice. Uh, you guys can check that out at the uh, All Aboard the J Train Fan Nation podcast, uh, available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon. Um, again, All Aboard the J Train, that's Jalen Glover's exclusive podcast. So it's just been fun. Those are kind of the things that we've been working on is each and every week, uh, you know, depending on, you know, who has a big performance and whatnot. We're able to pull these guys and, and hear it straight from them, what it was like. And that's just been really, really fun. That's Cole Bagley. Make sure you guys go over and follow him on, on Twitter 
at at Bagley underscore Cole and check out Fan Nation All Ute as well. If you guys are in the market for a second listen every day, we recommend you check out the Lock on Pac-12 podcast where hosts Spencer McLaughlin and local Pac-12 experts will take you around the conference in under 30 minutes. Lots of game recaps from last Saturday's action as well as, of course, now that we're on the Thursday, a lot of upcoming matchups this coming weekend, which would be another fun week of Pac-12 football. So thank you guys as always for tuning in to Locked on Utes, making us your first listen every single day. Make sure you guys head over and follow the channel at Locked on Utes on Twitter, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.